More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is Buck in NYC, where I'll be spending Thanksgiving. My man Clay out there in Florida? Rosemary Beach, Florida, Buck. One of the jewels of the Florida Gulf Coast. Lovely. I've never been down there, but Clay is getting the guest house ready for me, so it's going to be exciting to go check it out. We've got a lot to talk to you about today. I know we got Thanksgiving tomorrow. For some of you, you're probably already on the road, maybe on your way to the airport. A lot of travel going on here. Some news to discuss, some news that may break. We are watching to see if the if the uh, Arbor, the trial that is around the shooting of Ahmad Arbery, if the verdict comes down today, we'll obviously bring you that as soon as we know. Um, that is a it's a real possibility that we'll find out. And there's obviously a lot of eyes on that trial. People paying close attention to it. That shooting incident down in Georgia. We also have more mandates from Biden. We've got truckers now in the Fauciite sites, so to speak, when it comes to international boundaries. Do truckers in America have to be vaccinated to go into Mexico or Canada That's going to do wonders for the supply chain crisis, I'm sure. And if they push on truckers too hard, I'm sure they're going to find the pushback is very concerning. But I wanted to start with continued analysis and coverage of the mass murder in Waukesha in Wisconsin, because we've had some updates here. You have Daryl Brooks held on five million dollars bail right now. State of Wisconsin mandates that there must be a bail. So they put it about as high as they could. Uh, he also has there's video now showing him after the incident going up to uh, to the mass murder incident, going up to a home of a Waukesha man and asking if he could use his phone, asking to make a sandwich right before cops went and made their arrest. Pretty shocking and I'm sure terrifying situation that played out right there. But media's acting like this is just an incident and, and and a thing that happened and there's no 
broader discussion that needs to be had right now. What do you think CNN's talking about as I'm speaking to you? January 6th committee issues subpoenas targeting far right groups. Oh, are, are they much more interested in that than analysis, Clay, of what we see here? I want to get to Joe Biden. As I've said, is he a man of honor? No, he's not, because if he was, he would take back what he said about Kyle Rittenhouse. But let's focus in on Brooks for a moment here. We have Andy No, who's a friend of mine, an intrepid investigative journalist who has helped pull together posts from Brooks that show he was a supporter of the black Israelites. He posted things about wanting to attack old white people specifically. He was very supportive of the BLM movement. If he had posted things, if he were a white guy who had ran into a parade full of mostly minorities and had posted really racist stuff, we would be having 24-7 media panels and discussions about hate. And in this case, why aren't we having a a discussion, Clay, about the most likely motive, based on the facts we have right now, is that this was effectively a mass murder anti-white hate crime. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. The narrative is in the left-wing media that minorities can only be victims. And any time a minority is a victim of someone other than a white person, it receives no attention. And in fact, you can take it out of this situation, the awful situation in uh, Wisconsin, and you can think about what happened with Asian hate crimes. Remember when the media tried to turn Asian hate crimes into a major story in this country and then the unfortunate reality and truth became readily apparent, which was virtually every member of the Asian hate crime community, as all of these stories got attention, the person who was the hater, the perpetrator, was black. And so there wasn't an easy fit here because you had a minority group being the victim of another minority group. And this is the story, honestly, of Black Lives Matter writ large because black lives in the mind of the mainstream media only really matter when they are victims from white alleged perpetrators because the vast majority of murders that have occurred in the last year, as we have set an all-time record for increase in murder in most of our lives, Almost all of those murders have been black-on-black crime. The vast majority of them. Buck, they don't get any attention. Young black children, innocent victims killed, they don't get any attention unless there is an alleged white perpetrator associated with it. And so, when you have a situation like this where it appears this man is, by the way, I think not only racist and desiring of killing people, He's also mentally deranged, right? As most people are who commit some form of mass murder, this guy is not sound of mind. He is psychologically unstable. But to your point, Buck, if a white guy had done this and it had been predominantly minority victims or all minority victims, it would be the number one story for weeks. Instead, the CNNs of the world, the MSNBCs of the world, they're going to memory hold this story, and no one's going to talk about it within a few days in those universes. The number one story on CNN's website right now, as Clay and I talk to you, is about RNC payments to Trump lawyers, okay? Yeah. Just so everyone understands, you want to see the propaganda, you see it right now in real time. Another thing, we on this show, 
because we, of course, we actually have to wait for the facts, because if we get ahead of the facts, then we're reckless and bad people and everything else, even though it seemed very clear this was some kind of a hate crime and, and likely in response, likely, not definitively, in response to the Kenosha verdict, what happened in Waukesha, they told us that he was evading another incident. That was a lie. This yes. is not evasion. He was zigzagging to kill as many people as possible. This was intentional mass murder, my friends. The media lied to you about this. And they think they're good people for doing it because, oh, well, we don't want to inflame tensions right now. <laughs> By the way, let's see how they feel about inflaming tensions, so to speak, depending on how the Ahmad Arbery trial comes down here, what the jury verdict is there. So we were right when we said here on this show it was not credible because now we know it was not a fleeing another incident. And it never made sense, Buck, to flee and go into a parade in a car right. and hit but, people. But why did we know that? And CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, The Washington Post, why did they not know that? we That's a rhetorical question. We all understand because we're trying to tell you the truth about what happens here. We're trying to tell you the truth about this situation as it plays out. But, Clay, it's just remarkable because if you look at the history of BLM, it was a movement that got going under the Obama administration. People often forget that in response to the shooting um, of Mike Brown, which was a lawful shoot. The officer was uh, was was not in the wrong, was did not do anything uh, that was illegal. There were black eyewitnesses to the shooting. OK, but fast forward, there were riots, there was looting. It happened in Ferguson. It happened in, in Baltimore. What really ended that iteration, that version of the BLM movement in 2016? The mass shooting of Dallas police officers by Mika Johnson in 2016, July of 2016, where he killed five officers in an ambush-style assault. Why? He was upset about what was being said about black men being killed by white police. Clay, the media lying about this and we've played some of their lies on the air because we're trying to shoot them down we're trying to eviscerate the lies the media plays a role in creating this mentality of evil racism and police evil racism and all the white nationalists and all the white supremacists running around our country all the time and it can have tragic consequences mika johnson was really the end of the first blm movement because he was a terrorist blm supporter I think what we're seeing here is yet another instance of somebody who was moved to violence in part by, you're right, mental illness and other things, but in part by what he was hearing about the Rittenhouse trial. What else could make sense? I don't think there's any doubt that the media now basically finds a scab and continues to rip at that scab over and over and over again. And that is the focus of essentially the Democratic Party when they are branding their party as the everything is racist party. They have to constantly seek out opportunities to find racial grievance that divides us and create big stories building around that division in an effort to try to motivate. Now, here's here's the one, I would say, positive associated with this, Buck. You, you rightly point out that in 2016, I would also say in a, it's not a surprise that BLM bubbles up in 2016 in an election year, and then it bubbles up again in 2020 in an election That's year. That's right. It's the left shock would, troops. I would put a lot of money on the fact that no matter what the election is, in 2024, BLM is going to come surging back four years from now, three years from now, when we have another presidential election. They are, uh, to your point, uh, the, the antagonist brigade 
uh, of the uh, of the Democratic Party designed to emphasize even more how everything is racist. But I think the media, I think it's fair to say, the media has blood on it on its hands when it comes to creating falsehoods. And this is what I talk about, Buck, when I say we have an anecdote-driven culture that doesn't reflect what's really going on. Most people out there in America every single day, a lot of them listening to us, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, they get along. They don't judge each other based on the color of their skin, based on these identity politics characteristics that are so inherent in the Democratic Party. They don't sit around on social media all day long. This is what happens, Buck. As soon as an incident like this happens, people rush to go see who the perpetrator is to allow it to fit into their narrative worldview. If this had been a deranged white guy, it would be CNN's opportunity to talk about how deranged white people are. We had a great caller, I think it was yesterday or the day before, talking about the Boulder shooting at the grocery store when they initially had photos and the guy looked like he was a white guy. Everybody in the mainstream media was like, here we go, crazy white guy again. As soon as it came out that he was Syrian, that story disappeared. Nobody wanted to talk about it in Boulder. White guy has a gun, goes in, shoots people. It's evidence of how much of a fundamentally white supremacist country it is. As soon as it came out that it was a Syrian guy, that story got memory hold. It disappeared. That's what they're trying to do with this car uh, murder scene in Waukesha. One of the most powerful tools of propaganda in our own society and in any society with mass media is when is a single incident representative of a national trend, right. a national truth, everything that's going on. That's when we talk about the narrative, it's something happened somewhere. Perfect example, Officer Chauvin in yes. Minneapolis. Is he representative of all cops across the country? Of course, of not. course not. Of course not. But they pretend, they tell, oh, well, there's a lot of cops, all these racist cops. When is one incident representative of what's really going on in America? And when is one incident that seems kind of representative all of a sudden not important at all. Those are the games the media plays, and this is why you cannot trust them. Uh, speaking of trusting the media, Clay, we've got Jen Psaki, and, I mean, she's chief propaganda czar for this White House, on why why shouldn't Bi Biden called Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist? Why shouldn't he apologize for that? We, we can address that when we come back, because I think that's an important one. If you're online searching, researching, holiday shopping, you should be doing so with a level of privacy. Your business is just that, your business. No one and no other company out there, no person should be given access to what you're searching for. That's why we encourage you to use a VPN, a virtual private network. The best one comes from ExpressVPN. It builds a virtual private network that shields your activities from both big tech and cyber hackers that might see you online. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, which is nearly every time you access a free Wi-Fi site, I mean, if you're in a coffee shop, a hotel, inside an airport, you're opening yourself up to a hacker hanging on the same network. Chances are they can gain access to your personal data, unless, Clay, you're using ExpressVPN like we do. Yeah, and it's easy, Buck. It's as easy as downloading the ExpressVPN app. Click one button, get protected. Go into the holiday season. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving when you're doing as much online shopping. How many of you are going to be buying things on Friday? Now's the time to secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash clay. That's expressvpn.com slash clay, and you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash clay. Continuing the message, honoring the memory, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. I'm Jack.
Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. It is the eve of Thanksgiving, and I know many of you are traveling all over the country. Top of the next hour, Buck and I are going to solve all of your Thanksgiving-related issues in your families as you prepare for Thanksgiving. Any issue that you have, 800-282-2882. We want to hear from all of you. Open line on Thanksgiving Eve. And hopefully you're all smarter than Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. But I saw this and I just thought to myself, I, I, I mean, this is so inexcusably bad. So, uh, everybody out there knows that gas prices have skyrocketed. They're up some 50% from last year as a part of the overall 6.2% inflation rise. And, Energy prices have gotten so bad that Joe Biden has decided to release some of the strategic oil reserve. It's totally a political ploy. Uh, it makes no real significant uh, impact here. But he's trying to get a little bit of attention in a positive way for trying to combat rising oil prices. His energy secretary trotted out, and she was asked a pretty basic question. How many barrels of oil does the United States actually consume in a day? Uh, this is something that if you were in charge of the energy uh, sector in this country, probably you should know it 
It's not going to surprise you. Granholm had no idea. Listen. I'm curious if you know, how many barrels of oil does the U.S. consume per day? I don't have that number in front of me. Some suggest it's about 18 million, which would suggest you're releasing less than three days' worth of supply from the petroleum reserve. It's not just some would suggest. That is the number from 2020. And so she didn't know because, I mean, I, I told you this, Clay, off fair. I sat on a panel with Jen, Jennifer Granholm when she was the former governor. Was it Wisconsin or Michigan? I think Michigan. Michi- pa- pardon me, pardon me, Wisconsin. Michigan, yes. former governor of Michigan. And she, she's a Canadian. Uh, she's not eligible to actually be president, right? She's not well, born in the state. In the state, not, not anything that anyone's going to be losing sleep over. Let me tell you. Yes. I mean, we're trying to talk about the border, and Bill was having one of his more honest moments because of saying they're just scamming the border. They're just running through the asylum process, whole thing. And Jenna Grandma turned and looked at me and just started screaming, "Kids in cages! Kids in cages!" Like like a toddler. <laughs> I was like, "This this woman, this is the person you're making the energy secretary. She's on a TV show with millions of viewers, and that's how she acts." I mean, it's kind of amazing to me. But yes, she is um she is not uh, well informed. But I mean, look at Pete Buttigieg. I mean, this is a guy who apparently couldn't even get the potholes fixed as the mayor of South Bend, and now he's the transportation secretary? Give me a break. That's when he actually shows up, Buck. He also spent two months as the on paternity leave, which I'm still fired up about. I had a big conversation about this uh, with my wife, too. I just, if you are, uh, if you are the dad and your job allows you to take two months off, I don't care what your job is. You aren't that significant in the job that you have. Buck, I've already had my kids, but I took almost no, my job doesn't matter in the grand scheme. I did sports talk radio when I had my kids. All right. I barely might have missed. I don't think I missed a day from having my kids on and I was doing sports talk radio. If you are the head of the transportation department and we have a once in a generation level collapse in supply chains and you take multiple months off look if you're the mom and you have yeah. the baby you deserve all the time off that you can possibly get your body is physically recovering your obligations especially if you're breastfeeding right are if, massive. If, you had, if you had open heart surgery yes people would expect that you're going to have a recovery take, time yes. the same kind of idea if you're the first cousin of somebody who just had op- successful open heart surgery the expectation wouldn't be that you have like a bystander trauma from the surgery and so you need weeks off from work too it's not even his partner who had the baby buck they had a surrogate neither one of them actually went through childbirth so it's not as if mayor pete is having to help his wife who had a baby in fact to my knowledge we don't even know who had the baby and actually did the work of carrying that child for nine months and delivering it and this is part and parcel the larger example of what is going on with uh with the Biden administration is you've got a lot of cosmetic diversity and an awful lot of incompetence in this administration because they don't care about talent they care about checking boxes the great diversity and inclusion reality check moment for this administration will be if it's pretty clear they decide to surpass the first female minority vice president with somebody else. I mean, that's, and, and I, I think we're probably, look, it's a ways off. We'll be talking about this a lot. I think we're probably heading towards something like that. I think, I think we're also heading toward Clay and Buck's Thanksgiving advice yes. moments here, as well as we, I mean, we could start a bit of a feud. 
Um, Matt Walsh, Daily Wire, great guy. Jesse Kelly, friend of mine, premier syndicated host, great guy. Very different views on Turkey. Walsh is a traditionalist. Jesse Kelly says he'd rather make filet mignon, which is what he's doing, fancy style, than go with Turkey. What do you think about the great turkey debate, everybody? Also, is there a side that you think just should be excluded? It's just not worth it. Wildly overrated. You're Wildly calls. overrated sides. I mean, I got a few in mind. I'm going to tell you right now. I got a few that I don't. Actually, you know what? I'm going to drop this bomb out there right now. The rolls. Oh, my God. The rolls are always. This is the I know worst. I can't this is the gluten. worst. Talking to a southern person and coming out against rolls. I'm not sure it's that any Southerners going to be bias. listening next Those hour. Those rolls, nobody that, needs all that. I don't know that anybody's Ooh. listening to the open of the next hour. We'll be back. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. Third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show is upon us. Buck here in NYC. Clay down in the Florida Panhandle. Quite lovely out here this time of year. A lot lovelier than New York where it's freezing and there are still Democrats in charge. So we got to deal with that. But it is almost Thanksgiving. We're very excited to be uh, getting a chance to chat with all of you across the country as you get ready for the, for many people, it's definitely a top three holiday, right, I think, or top five. Some people, number one, they're big Thanksgiving folks and we have much to be thankful for despite all the problems all the challenges clay and i speak with you about every day we all have things to be thankful for and gathering with friends loved ones family that's that's the way to do it um we unfortunately have to deal with the reality of a covid season that is upon us as well and i think fauci is starting to lose his grip over the public's mind i don't think he's able to just say listen to me or else So here he is actually calling out by name a member of the news media. I'm a little sad, Clay. It's not us, but we're working on it. I come (laughs) up with all the fingers. Yeah, fingers crossed. I call him the little tyrant lab coat smurf. I mean, I the the, all the names you hear around there. A lot of them started with the Buckster. But here he is calling out none other than our, our friend Tucker Carlson. Play six. I've devoted my entire professional career of 50 years to try and essentially safeguard and preserve the health and the lives of the American people. And as an infectious disease doctor who deals with outbreak, that gets really extended to the rest of the world. That's what I do. The praise or the arrows and slings are really irrelevant. I do what science drives you to do, and that's what I do. And, you know, I'm not in it for a popularity contest. I'm trying to save lives. And the people who weaponize lies are killing people. So the only question I have is that when you show Tucker Carlson and Peter Navarro criticizing me, I consider that a badge of honor. I consider it a badge of honor that Fauci's too chicken to come on our show show and answer. We would ask real questions and I would want real answers, not let him do the usual. Look what he starts there with. I've devoted my whole life to saving lives all over the world. It's not about the fame I just have to be on TV every 30 seconds or else I shrivel up like a prune. I got to give credit, Buck, to Tucker Carlson for taking the slings and arrows, as Dr. Fauci just reflected. I've not heard Tucker say anything inaccurate about COVID. In fact, almost everything, it seems to me, including the Rittenhouse interview this week, Tucker's willing to stand up and say the inconvenient truth in the face of 
an onslaught from the mainstream media, including Fauci and others. We'll come back to that and the Fauciite madness this Thanksgiving in a few moments here. We are now joined by our friend James Golden. Many of you know him as Mr. Bo Snurdly. He's got a book out, Rush on the Radio, a tribute from his sidekick for 30 years. James, my friend, good to have you on. It is so good to be here. Thank you for having me. And you know, it's a little bit bittersweet, though. Um, I'm feeling just a little bit cheery and emotional because Thanksgiving, as you know, you know, this was Russia's favorite time of year. And I just remember last year at this very time, Rush was telling all of us that he, he was comparing himself to, to the way that Lou Gehrig felt. And he said that he truly understood how Lou Gehrig felt facing a terminal illness and still feeling like he was the luckiest human being on the face of the earth. That was Russia's Thanksgiving message last year, along with profound thanks for this audience of which you are holding up the legacy. And we're so proud of you for doing that. And so this is, but, but it's a little bit bittersweet this year as we remember that Thanksgiving story that Rush um, um, told us, the, the, the true Thanksgiving story, which was, of course, a class between socialism and what eventually won capitalism in this country and individual achievement. So what a time of year. What a time of year. And, of course, the beginning of the Christmas season, which was just so special for Rush and for all of us. James, we appreciate you coming on with us and sharing, uh, to your point, what is such a bittersweet moment for many of the people listening here who have for decades experienced Thanksgiving with Rush and they don't have him uh, for this first Thanksgiving. And and we're very honored to have you here. Uh, I'm assuming you have seen the Wall Street Journal under siege for publishing their Thanksgiving homily, basically, from the 1600s that they've been publishing for decades to signify the importance of Thanksgiving. How do you think Rush would have responded to the Wall Street Journal standing up to people trying to cancel their editorial, and how pleased would he be with what they wrote in response to those who would cancel them? I think that he would be very happy to see the Wall Street Journal taking a stand, especially when so many others on uh, that we wouldn't expect cave in to this progressive madness that is sweeping across the nation that tries to rid us of our history and our traditions. You know, Rush was, in many ways, the first attempt for the progressives and the liberals in this country to try to begin their cancel culture war. It didn't work with Rush. And certainly with the Wall Street Journal today, with this attempt, and, it, and, and you know what? The Wall Street Journal is not the only ones coming under attack for celebrating Thanksgiving, you can see across other outlets in the mainstream media today, very sly in some cases, or in other cases, very outright and hostile attacks on the Thanksgiving tradition as not being inclusive enough in our history. Look, we Americans, and and Rush was so about this, being proud of America, being optimistic that our best days are still ahead of us, being, yes, we're aware of the things that happened in our past, but we're also, Rush was also the eternal optimist about the good and great nature of the American people and how we've overcome the things in our past to become a great nation. And we are still filled with the optimism that is greater a superpower as we are today. America's best days are still ahead of us. 
We're speaking to James. Oh, sorry, James. We're speaking to James Golden, uh, formerly known as Bo Snurdly by many of you. He's got a book out, Rush on the Radio, a tribute from his sidekick for 30 years. I mean, as we're going into the holiday tomorrow, James, people will be looking for things to read, of course, and a lot of them want to know your thoughts both on what Thanksgiving meant to Rush, you and the, and the whole team, and, and what was the mood like in the studio on days where you were getting ready for Thanksgiving when Rush was at the helm? Well, we always look forward to the last hour of the show because no matter what the news of the day was, we knew that Rush was going to read again the, the true story of Thanksgiving, and it never got old, and it never got tired. And we are, and that tradition, thankfully, is continuing. Thank you. The, the tradition that Rush started in this country, and now you're starting to see more and more people aware of the story. We cannot also, by the way, for parents with young children, the book series that Rush and Catherine wrote on American history from the first pilgrims and their journey here to this nation, all the way through the five book series, what a wonderful Christmas gift that is for parents of young children who want to teach their children the true nature of American history and put in context this great country that we are so blessed to live in. There's no doubt, James. And by the way, for everybody out there who is going to be listening to the show tomorrow, we will be playing much of that from Rush on Thanksgiving. You will hear his voice for those of you who are out there traveling or going uh, to your own Thanksgivings. Uh, James, where will you be spending Thanksgiving, and what will you be most thankful for yourself as you enter into the holiday season? You know, this year, my nephew, his wife, and their infants, we just celebrated his third birthday two days ago, and their son came out. And they came out, they said, so that they could put some loving on their uncle, and I am so happy to have to be able to spend time with family this year. This was a devastating year for me, not just losing Rush. My mom passed away three days after Rush. It has been a devastating year. And the losses have just been really um, just, just searingly painful. But I am so grateful now, looking back on it, we had 30 years 33 years of Rush on the air. We have 33 years of wonderful memories, of laughter, of his insights that only he could give, of his political wisdom, of his irreverent humor. And it is so a, a blessing to now look back over this incredible career that Rush Limbaugh had. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for all the friends that I've met along the way. But, you know, you and I worked together. You were one of the people that sat in that chair when Rush was away. And it's so many great and wonderful people that I've had a chance to meet and interact with. I'm so grateful for that across the, the 30 years that I spent with Rush Limbaugh and, uh, and the people that are still with you and the people that were part of our EIB family. So happy about that. It is just, it, it is still one of the most wonderful times of the year even though there's a big hole in my heart that I don't think will ever be filled because Russia isn't here. James, we really appreciate you joining us and, and sharing your memory, of course, of the man himself, Rush, and, and your experiences with him on Thanksgiving. And uh, also, 
Many times I spent holidays with you when Rush was out taking much-deserved vacation with you and, and uh, Mike and the rest of the team here in Alley in New York City. So uh, some, some memory lane stuff there, too. James Gold and everybody, check out his book. Uh, and, James, we really appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Happy Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving. And thank you for keeping the legacy alive, guys. Thank you, James. We want to tell you about tomorrow being a day of thanks. And we hope all of you can be in the company of family and friends tomorrow as well, able to appreciate, as James was just talking about, how important your family and friends can be to you. There's likely to be pictures taken, videos taken, and today we do that with the ease from our cell phones. Those have become our cameras. But a couple of decades ago, we used video camcorders, expensive 35-millimeter cameras, no more. But what happened to all of those great pictures and videotapes? If you're like most families, those videotapes and film, they're stored away in boxes somewhere. The memories of Thanksgiving days past are too valuable to even think of throwing them away. But how do you watch them again? Legacy Box is the answer. This is the company that takes every videotape, every family film, every old cassette, and digitizes it in a way you can see all those memories again. They ship you a box, a specially made box, and you fill it full of your tapes and film, all of your memories, and then they digitally transfer all of those items that matter so much to you and your family by hand and return to them with you with a digital file thumb drive that makes it instantly possible for you to see and share again with these incredible memories forever. And right now, Buck, they've got an incredible offer for everybody out there. It's really the best deal of the year during their Black Friday event. Visit LegacyBox.com to save 65%. With limited quantities ready to ship, this deal will go fast. That's LegacyBox.com slash Buck for 65% off. Again, LegacyBox.com slash Buck. How's our driving? Call and let us know at 1-800-282-2882. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. Welcome back in. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Our thanks to James Golden. Want to reemphasize for you all out there that we will have many of the best moments from Rush's Thanksgiving tomorrow as a part of the best of Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. We, as always, are honored to be sitting in front of a couple of golden microphones. We appreciate all of you. We are thankful for all of you and the support that you have given us. Uh, we are coming up on a half year. Uh, doing this show. We are having a great deal of fun. We hope we're also educating, entertaining, and continuing to fight the battles that matter so much to Rush and that so many of you have spent decades devoting during this time frame. We thank you, uh, both uh, Buck and I do, and our families thank you as well. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to stop ridiculing all of the stupidity that is going on surrounding this year's Thanksgiving. We paid you NBC uh, news reporting, hey, maybe you need a bouncer at the door because inflation costs are up in order to get some of the money uh, to be able to cover the increased cost of a Thanksgiving meal. How about CBS this morning? I want to play this for you guys. CBS this morning said, hey, maybe you should be doing COVID tests 
in your garage before your Thanksgiving meals. This is the insanity we are dealing with. Listen to CBS this morning. Might be a difficult conversation before people step into your house to say, whoa, wait a minute. Where's your card? What's your status before you walk into my home? This is tough because people are all over the map on this, and they're also all over the map with their risk tolerance. But the rapid tests have made this a lot easier. Right. Because whatever people's vaccination status is, we can actually confirm safety on the spot. So if it feels like it's going to be weird, maybe make it kind of fun. Say we're going to start with hors d'oeuvres in the garage. You know, we'll have drinks. (laughs) We'll do our rapid test and then come on in. Right. You can make it playful, make it fun and then be able to enjoy the holiday because you're not worried about safety. It's playful and fun like the guy running a Soviet gulag showing you your cell is playful and fun. Give me a break. You know, in New York City, Clay, there are uh, that that school kids for safety reasons, are told to eat their lunch in the public school system here outside sitting on the concrete. It's 37 degrees outside right now, freezing their little buns off because adults are lunatics who cannot think for themselves. And this is what I want to tell We were trying to solve problems. If you have that relative who shows up and is going to do the mask up between bites thing, you triple mask and you throw on some goggles and when your relative doesn't have their double mask on, you say, how can you how can you pretend to take the virus seriously with only one layer of cloth over your mouth inside at this table, sir? How dare you? Can you imagine showing up for Thanksgiving dinner, Buck, and having to take a covid test in order to eat Thanksgiving or to eat outdoors in the frigid cold, as some people are going to do? I just look. If you are elderly and you are worried, get your booster shots. We've said this. Get your COVID vaccine, as 99% of people who are 65 and up have. But at some point in time, when are you going to return to normalcy? I'm not a grandparent, right? But I can't imagine isolating myself for two years from my grandkids in order. You're going to look, I hate to say it. I know it's Thanksgiving. So far as I know, Buck, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Yep. And so at some point, risk is a function of uh, living your life. You can't look. You're under danger. Everything we do all day long. We talk about the numbers. It's not even about numbers, people anymore. But Clay, can we just play out what this uh, CBS discussion that they're having is all about? Like your uncle Phil shows up. You're like, Phil, haven't seen you all year, buddy. Great to be here. Just uh, stick this up your nose for a second. All right. What if it's positive? Then you're going to be telling Phil hey, everybody's going to die. I guess I I don't know. You got to <laughs> yeah. kick him out. I mean, what if it's a false positive and well, your uncle or your aunt or your grandma or your grandpa don't get to so hang if, out with anybody? If he's asymptomatic and everyone's vaccinated, no soup for you. Apparently, you're sent down into the cold. And I by guess. the way, you don't care about the flu. You don't care about a cold. You don't care about any other communicable disease which has been spread since time immemorial, since uh, Squanto. Was it Squanto? Squanto and uh, and uh, the the other Indians and uh, and the Bradfords and everybody got together. They were probably they were probably spreading some diseases at the first Thanksgiving because you know what? They're humans, and that's what humans do. What you got for us, Buck? You're already spending too much money on gas, food, and college for the kids. Don't overpay for cell service. Pure Talk is on the exact same 5G network using the exact same towers as one of those big carriers. 
but for a heck of a lot less. In fact, Pure Talk saves the average family over $800, and switching is so easy. You can keep your number and your phone or save on brand new iPhones or Androids. We're customers, Clay and I. You should be too. Listen to this offer. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data on Pure Talk's 5G network, just $30 a month. And Pure Talk has a 30-day risk-free guarantee. You got nothing to lose. From your cell phone right now, dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk. You'll save 50% off your first month and save on a new phone. That's dial pound 250 from your phone. Say Pure Talk. Some restrictions apply. Call for details. On the EIB Network. Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are thankful for all of you here as we finish the final segment before Thanksgiving tomorrow. I want to say I hope all of you and your loved ones get to wherever you may be going for Thanksgiving safely. I hope you have a tremendous time. We'll be talking a lot about Thanksgiving uh, with a lot of the best clips from Rush tomorrow. Buck will be in on Friday uh, doing a live show. Appreciate him being there. I will be in Auburn, Alabama, finishing the final campus stop. Buck, I'm ready to be back home for a little while. I'll be at the Alabama-Auburn game in Auburn, Alabama. You can come find me there. 
and uh, we'll be back and ready to roll uh, with all of so, you. So if anybody has any issues with a family member who's a pro Fauci masker, when they put on their third mask and you yes. really want to go triple layer, folks, you know, like like triple canopy foliage, you want to go triple layer on that mask to Maybe show hazmat, that, to show that costume anxiety filled relative exactly what the issue is you know show them who the real takes the virus seriously fauciite is you got any issues with that you can call me on friday on the show we'll, we'll talk through it you know and if somebody decides if you know if they meet your uh, or if they see your annie or your raise i don't know i don't play cards what is it what is you know if they meet you at the thing you're doing i don't know whatever the Pope, you're gonna leave me hanging. You're gonna leave me in the trenches I mean, taking you, grenades. You got me all Travis. crossed over. We're not a card family. Like yeah. I, I don't know what. Would you I like play the World football. Series of Poker with all the fancy famous? Oh, people? it hasn't even it hasn't even aired yet. I got to play in the World Series, the 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 Poker Challenge, Poker Stars Challenge. It's gonna air on television at some point. Yeah. I don't know when that airs, but yeah. Look, I will tell you this. This is actually a pretty funny Thanksgiving story uh, for people who can get in trouble, Buck. This is what happened to me. I was dating my wife, been married 17 years now, um, and I went to her house for Thanksgiving. My nephew was probably five years old. And if you've ever been out in the backyard, you were talking about playing basketball, Buck, you know, yep. family Thanksgiving. I had some moves, by the way. I had. Some I don't moves. doubt it. I don't doubt it. Uh, maybe I doubt it. But we got, <laughs> we're in the backyard. We're in the backyard. And my five-year-old, like, uh, again, he's my nephew. I'm not married yet to my wife. One of the first Thanksgivings I have spent with her family outside of Detroit in uh, Oakland County up in Michigan. Got a lot of listeners up there. Appreciate all of y'all. Uh, and so he says, like a lot of kids do, hey, uh, can you put some, can I make some money by making shots, right? Uh, you know, every now and then you're like, hey, if you make that shot, I'll give you 50 cents, a dollar or whatever. Can you make free throws? So we're playing. And I say, okay, we'll do that. And then we get to the end and he says, uh, I want to be able to get $20. He's got $10 that I've given him over the course of probably an hour and a half out yard. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We'll do double or nothing. I'm going to walk all the way to this end. I mean, it's like a half court shot at least. And I said, hey, if I make this shot, then you get 20, if I miss this shot, you get 20 bucks. But if I make it, you lose the 10 that you have right now. Virtually no chance that I'm going to make this shot. I'm trying to give him 20 bucks. I line it up and I absolutely drain it. The kid immediately erupts in tears. My nephew, he's five years old. He wasn't my nephew yet. Runs inside. Runs inside crying like crazy because I have taken, he said, $10 from him gambling. <laughs> I'm not married yet, Buck. This is the first time I've ever met you're, this you're family. You're seeing that engagement get distant. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend then, now my wife, furious at me, comes outside, says he is crying. His mom is furious. Everybody is in an uproar in this house over you taking $10 from this five-year-old. I said, look. It was double or nothing. You got this shot that I hit was really incredible. She picks up the basketball, throws it at me. All right. Goes back inside. I'm now outside by myself at my soon to be in laws in the future, not engaged, not married. My father in law comes outside. He thinks it's hysterical. He's la like the whole house. I'm not kidding is in an uproar. I mean, there is like pandemonium inside over me taking this $10. And he, and he walks out and he just says, you know, if you really needed 10 bucks, you could have just asked me. I there would have loaned go. it to you. And so I go inside and they're like, Hey, what kind of lesson are you trying to teach this kid? And I said, Well, you know, I mean, if you bet double or nothing, 
and uh, and and you know you lose like that. I'm not just going to give you 20 bucks. I mean, it was an incredible shot that I hit. So the lesson here is, if you are betting with young children for Thanksgiving, yeah. stick to your guns, but also be aware that pandemonium can ensue yeah, if you maybe manage. have the stakes be like red and green m&ms travis you know what yeah, i'm saying well, not not taking the lunch money from the youth it was my money that he risked and he lost it and i'm sorry and by the way his uh by the way, his this is mom, like the, this is like clay travis entrepreneur stories like the way you know carnegie when he was a kid used to yeah, like you know or it was a rockefeller used to sell candy to the other kids you know, get it wholesale and sell it retail i don't know if the kid has ever gambled so the lesson here can be if you take money from kids at a young age you can teach them the dangers of being involved in sports gambling and that's what By i did way, was this a, was this a sky hook you strike me as a sky hook guy. no 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 this i mean it was so far away i mean it, it was like you know, like, I mean, it, it, a half-court shot, you got to get a lot of the body into it. It was more of almost like a chest pass than a traditional shot in order to get it. I mean, it was a phenomenal shot. I don't want to brag or draw attention to myself. It's probably the greatest shot that's ever been hit at my father-in-law's uh, backyard. Clearly court worth 20 bucks or 10 It was bucks. worth 20 bucks. I mean, it was. I, 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 the chances of me hitting this, a great bet the kid make, the chances of me making it probably, you know, at best one in – 31 and 40. I mean, this is a long shot past half court and I hadn't even attempted it, drained it. I mean, I was pretty impressed with myself and, you know, frankly, I won 20 bucks on it. There we go, everybody. See, it's a Thanksgiving miracle. Courtesy of Clay Travis. Um, so we're really, uh, looking forward to joining you all. Well, Clay's going to be on Friday. I'll be here Friday, but we'll be back with you on Monday. In the meantime, I just want to say you can discount all of our, all of our, uh, Overly strong opinions on things like rolls and turkey and eat whatever you like, of course. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, it's not even really, uh, now we're getting in the Christmas spirit, but for yes. Thanksgiving, it's not really about the food. It's about the company and about oh, feeling that's thankful. So I know. Warming. What is it? What does he say in, uh, Groundhog Day? Warming our hearths and hearts. Punxsutawney Phil. Great movie, too. We had some other people. Dutch with Ed O'Neill. Uh, Scott from California called him with that one and Kate. In Knoxville, Tennessee, so the accidental tourist are oh. Thanksgiving movies. So people want Thanksgiving. I don't even know what those are about, but if they want uh, Thanksgiving movies, there you go. It's funny she mentions the accidental tourist. My mom and dad took me when I was a kid to go see the accidental tourist. I was like eight. It was the worst decision they ever made. It's like a super adult movie. I think about like kids dying and things. And anyway, that's yeah. probably the worst movie they've ever taken me to. They still regret it. I will say this. From the bottom of our hearts, in all seriousness, not to get too sappy on you, but we really appreciate getting to spend Thanksgiving with you guys. We know how much many of you meet Rush, miss Rush, and we desperately thank you for being such a big part yeah, of our families yeah. already. You guys are our extended radio family all across the country. Hopefully, you're going to really have some time to reflect, relax, kick back, watch some sports, eat some great food. I'm back with you Friday. Clay and I are back with you Monday. Rush memories tomorrow on the air. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.